you would please help us to understand what we read and to walk away changed. I ask you for it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So part of our um, stated purpose as a church here, City Bible Church, is that we are here to be helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith, and share His love. Connect, grow, share. That's kind of our big three. It's how we define if anything that we're doing is working. It's how we can know if Sunday morning is working, if our small groups are working, or other various parties like the Memorial Day picnic, all that stuff. It's how we know if it's working. And we are right now in a series about uh, Peter, um, focused on the second part, the connect, grow, share, focused on growing in our faith. And this is a picture of what Peter might look like those of you that are watching the uh, mini series on TV right now um, about the Bible. This is that guy, um, and it. it uh, I think that it helps us. We've got this book, the Bible, and we may have different uh, life experiences that kind of affect how we view the Bible. But one thing that I think is really important for us to be aware of is that in the Bible we see the life story of a lot of different people and how they are affected by Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, Peter is one of those people. Peter's one of the, actually one of the few people that in Scripture we can kind of see the arc of the story of his life, if you will. We can kind of get a feeling for what he was like before Jesus and what he was like after Jesus. He's, he was a normal guy, um, a guy's guy, uh, a fisherman, uh, somebody who worked with his hands, somebody that worked hard and kind of helped build the family business, had more than one house. Now, don't think that as a big deal. It was this, you know, small thing, you know, but more than one boat, uh, multiple men that were employed by fishing that were working together. He worked hard. He learned how to read and write. Uh, he was also a little bit awkward, kind of like me, about 15 degrees off cool. A little, little, that's, that's, I'm just being honest. There's nothing bad about it. It's just, I was never cool. I was never that guy. All right. So Peter's kind of a little bit similar, kind of open mouth, insert foot. Also like me, kind of your, your average person, um, and yet, through Jesus, he really goes through change. And I, I, I think it's really important that we are reminded that this is a normal person. This isn't a superhero. There's no Age of Ultron Marvel movie being made about Peter. This was an, a normal person. And yet, through Jesus, this is a person who went through real change. And so, the verse of Scripture that we're using as a part of this series, his words from 2 Peter 3.18, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I like this picture of the bonsai tree because... Peter, who was born with the name Simon, a very ordinary name, Jesus renamed him Rocky. That would be a literal translation of Peter. When, when Jesus spoke the street Greek, when Jesus spoke, spoke the street Greek, it wasn't Peter the way we hear Peter. It would have been Rocky. He was, now some guys are into nicknames, others not so much. I won't tell you all of mine. Okay, some, some people have, are into nicknames, and, and Jesus was kind of like that. Jesus was a, a, a very approachable, a person that people wanted to be around. That's a sermon for another day. 
And Jesus renamed Simon and called him Rocky. And we see the bonsai tree with the roots of life growing up out of or, or off of the rock. And there was growth that happened in Peter's life. And that's why kind of our simple statement we're using here is that we can grow in faith by taking in what Peter learns from Jesus. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So we've got um, a wide variety of people in attendance today or listening via our podcast or website. Uh, People that don't know anything about Peter and Jesus and people that have been uh, Christians or attending a church event for their whole life and think they know a lot. And so I'm glad to see some of you don't have the whole Bible memorized and you brought it with you. Just a little joke, a little humor, relax. Okay, so we got people in all... Uh, parts of the spectrum of understanding. And so what I'm trying to do is at times use series where you can, if you're a reader, you can read a lot during the week that connects with what we are studying. Does that make sense? So in, with Peter, we see him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and First and Second Peter, as well as other books. We can read about what's going on with his life, as well as historical documents. We can read what happened after the end of scripture was written. We can, we can read more about that. But in that, what we can see is very plainly, we can grow by taking in what Peter learns from Jesus. And last week, we kind of springboarding off of Easter, where we had before Easter talked about Christ's crucifixion, and then on Easter about his resurrection. Last Sunday, we talked about faith after failure as a lesson that we can learn from Peter, because notably, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him. Peter said that'll never happen, and yet Peter did deny him. And Peter had multiple failures, little ones, big ones, but that was a big one. And yet Peter had faith after he had failed. See, it took faith for Peter to go to the tomb to see that it was empty. It took faith for Peter to be in that room when Jesus showed up in his resurrected body. It took faith for Peter to show up. And on this beautiful day, it took faith for you to show up. And I'm glad you're here. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay. So Peter had faith after failure. And today what I want to talk about is faith for healing. See, even after Peter had failed Jesus and his insecurity, his inadequacy had shown up, Peter had faith for healing. Let's turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 20. Okay, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 20. And this is Luke Luke's account of what happened after Jesus was resurrected. He gives us a very detailed account of what happened next. So we're in Acts chapter 3, and we've, we talk about Acts chapter 2 in this church a lot. Um, if, you're, if this is your home church, you probably are familiar with the fact that Acts chapter 2 is kind of why we do everything that we do in this church. Um, it gives us a pattern for how we do this. But let's look at the next chapter in the story. Are you there? Okay. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth, uh, now that means he couldn't walk. Okay, he wasn't lame in like the way people use that word today. Just wanted to help us get on the same page. A man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah. Then he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Amen Amen. to God's word. This is an amazing story. I love this story. And there's a lot that I would like to say about this story, but time will not permit. I'd like to point out a few simple details of this. God heals people. I don't believe that this ended when the last book of Scripture was written. Because I believe that that saying that God no longer does miracles is saying that God changed His nature. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. In fact, quite to the contrary, we see documented medical miracles all the time. So I do believe what the Bible says, that God heals people. And I want to point out just a few details from this story. Okay, are you ready? This is going to be good. What we see is... Right after the events of Acts 1 and Acts 2, Jesus had resurrected. He'd come back to life as he predicted on the third day. He'd been around for a a little over a month. 500 people had seen him. And, And then after that, they obeyed him. They waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and thousands of people repented of their sins and came to faith in Jesus. That's Acts chapter 2. And they met in big groups and in small groups. And the events of Acts chapter 
two, and the big gathering and the way that thousands of people came to faith in Jesus is because they're in this temple setting in Jerusalem. They're outside the temple in the outer court, if you will. It's this big open space. So think about that elbow kind of uh, at, down at the inner harbor where you can hear people play music and stuff kind of between uh, between the, the gallery mall and right out where you're on the water where the water taxi comes. You, everybody know what I'm talking about? It's kind of, I was there when we sent the Ravens to the Super Bowl and I was right there when they came back for the Super Bowl parade. What, what? Right? So that kind of a big open space where a lot of people could gather. So out in front of the temple is where this occurs. And, and, and just like in, in we see in Baltimore today, so it was then. People that were unable to work for a living were standing there and asking for money. And so that's the setting that we have. And unfortunately, the New Living translation that I just read doesn't quite do a couple of pieces justice that I want to help translate for you. One of which, Peter says, hey, look at, look at me, look at me. Now, that's an important thing that I want to come back to. And he says, in the name of Jesus. Now, that's important, okay? So, Peter had seen Jesus heal people a lot, okay? That's earlier in the story. Peter had seen Jesus heal people a lot, and then Peter was one of the ones that Jesus sent out to heal people, and he taught them about healing. He taught them that it was real. So he had watched Jesus do it. He had been sent out. And when when Jesus sent them out, he used a word to describe them. Your English Bible translates this word apostles, which is not really the best translation because most of us don't know what that means. And let me tell you what that means. It means somebody that Jesus gave the authority or the ability to speak on behalf of him. He actually, Jesus is actually using a legal term of that day. Today, we might use the, the word representative. Um, he, he gave them, he used a legal word to say, you have every right that I have to speak, to heal, to do stuff. Okay, that's what Jesus said. And so when Peter, in this occasion, says, in the name of Jesus, he's actually using the same street Greek vocabulary to describe, on behalf of Jesus, I say, stand and walk. Okay, that's what he's saying, on behalf of Jesus. Now, I've heard people say in the name of Jesus and, and say it in such a way where they really don't know what they're talking about. And so that's why I want to kind of help equip us, educate us a little bit so that when you pray for someone and you want to uh, see a healing or a change in their life, it's important not so much the exact words that you use, but the faith that is in your heart and what you believe in your gut is that you have the right, you have the authority to, on behalf of Jesus, speak healing. Now, I can see that some of you are nervous. Don't worry. I'm going to explain this. I'm going to help you. Okay? But what's important for us to understand quite simply is that if we are a follower of Jesus... Who's a follower of Jesus? Don't be ashamed. Come on, raise your hand. Are you a follower of Jesus? Okay, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I can say, on behalf of Jesus, be healed. Okay, so that's a plain, simple truth from this story that we need to be careful that we do take away on behalf of Jesus. Now, another place where the New Living kind of misses this in this translation is that it makes it sound like the healing occurred as Peter was lifting him. The proper translation of the Greek here actually lets me know that the man started to move. 
The man showed some faith. We don't know if he was a believer in God, but what we do know is that the man started to show some faith and he started to move, and that was when he was healed. That's important. Are you with me? The man started to move, and that was when he was healed. Now, let, let, me, let me just try to clarify this just a little bit. Here's what we believe. We believe that God is real. He is alive. He is willing and able to heal you. Every day, God chooses to heal people regardless of their level of faith or their lifestyle. You don't have to have it all together to receive His healing. Faith does help. Now, what we can easily say from watching the stories in Scripture and reading the stories of how Jesus healed people, is that Jesus used a variety of techniques. The technique was not what was important. Are you with me? Okay. The technique is not what was important. What was important was who was responsible for the healing. It was God. It was not the person. It was not Peter that healed the man. And that's what Peter immediately starts to explain to the crowd. Right? Peter immediately starts to explain, hey, this ain't about me. This is about God. Are you with me? So when we ask God for healing, we've got to have a good understanding of what's going on. Okay? It's about God. And what we see in this story and what we see, especially when you read the stories of Jesus healing people, is that faith is a factor. Oftentimes, Jesus is talking to the people that he's healing and the people that are witnessing it about what they believe. So what you believe is important. And I want to clarify this, right? The amount of their faith is not where the power is. It's not the determining factor. It's not the decider. It's the source of their faith. Let me try to break this down just a little bit, right? Okay, if Justin and I are going to get on a plane and we're going to fly to Dallas, we're going to take a single hopper from Baltimore to Dallas on Southwest to go through the cattle called gate and try to muscle our way in for a seat and do all that stuff. And if I've flown a bajillion miles and I've got no fear, no qualms about, well, let's flip this. Justin has no qualms, no fears about flying. But I'm very much afraid of flying. I look at an airplane like a metal death trap. I'm just, I'm scared. But I still get on the plane and we land safely. Are we both in Dallas? Yes. So the, did the amount of our faith get us there? No. No. What got us there? The plane. Now, my decision to step on the plane was also a part of me getting to Dallas. But I did not get myself to Dallas. The plane did. I got myself... Are you, are you catching what I'm saying? So when it comes to miracles and when it comes to healing, when it comes to those things, we've got to not get it mixed up. We can't relate to God through superstition or try to command God to do things, right? We don't dictate to God who's in control. He is, right? But And so it is not us that heals people. It's not how much faith we have. It's not how good we were living that week. It is God. Are you with me? Are we together? Okay? This is very, very important. So we don't slip into arrogance and we don't uh, slip into 
flaky Christianity. I believe that one reason why the church in Baltimore has not flourished is because there have been a lot of people that have said, okay, I am of Christ, but they have denied the power of the living God. I don't believe that God is still alive. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm going to cut out and not teach the miracles. That's not us. Hello? Are you with me? We will not say that we are worshipers of God and deny His power. God does heal. A week and a half ago, my mom prayed for a young lady who was blind, and now she has sight. We have friends in Brazil last year who saw documented medical, medically documented miracles of people being healed of AIDS. Wrap your theology around that. As Steve rightly said this week, I want to take my theology from the Bible, not my life experiences. So here's what I see very plainly. Faith is a factor. Jesus cares about faith. He talks to people a lot about faith. He wants us to have faith, but it's not the decider. God's the one who chooses whom he heals. And what we see very clearly with Jesus and also with Peter in this story is that repentance of sin and salvation is is the main purpose. Are you with me? So when we talk about the gospel, salvation of sins, heaven, hell, all those things, let's, let's frame it in. We have creation, that's phase one of God's story. We have the fall, Adam and Eve screw up, right? That's phase two. We have redemption, that's our salvation, that's phase three. Am I right? And what comes as a result of our redemption? Restoration, which is ultimately fulfilled in heaven. Okay, my grandmother, who suffered the effects of polio from the time she was a newlywed in her early 20s, she spent decades unable to walk, and she had the promise of God that was spoken over her that she would be healed. And one day around a Christmas party, my family, when I was young, they laid hands on her as we would do all the time, all the time, laid hands on her and prayed for her, and she got up, and she walked, and she would stand in the kitchen and jump. Now, she was not healed of all the symptoms, and she passed. And when she passed in her 80s a couple years ago, and I love her, and she saw what this church would become more clearly than maybe anybody else years before we even moved here. What I love about my grandmother was what she would always say is that there is victory in Jesus. And she would declare that if I won't be dancing here now, I will be dancing in heaven. So in God's redemption and God's restoration, we see the seed of it, the beginning of it here on earth, and we see the full, the full meal deal in heaven. Are you with me? Are you with? Okay. Repentance is a part of the purpose in God's redemption and restoration. Now, let's, can we get a little Bible? We're in city Bible church, right? Let's get a little, let's get a little Bible. Okay. So Peter understood something, and I want to show you very quickly how and where Peter understood something. And it's these three things. We're kind of using, forgive me, we're using a lot of Christian vocabulary today, not necessarily our norm. Hearing the word, and by the word, I mean the word of God. Okay? Hearing the word initiates faith. Okay? That, that's plain and simple. Okay? We, we don't believe until the Holy Spirit draws us and we see it in the scripture. Okay? Hearing the word initiates faith. Peter knew the scripture our Old Testament, and he heard the words of Jesus, and that started his faith for healing miracles. 
Second, speaking the word activates faith. It's one reason why why Peter said, on behalf of Jesus, I say, get up. Okay? And when we pray, sometimes we build a case in our prayer by reciting Scripture and the promises of God. Speaking the word, and this goes all the way to our salvation. If we believe in our heart and speak with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Right? So the same is true when it comes to healing miracles. I believe in my heart. I speak with my mouth, not my words, the word of God. Then when I do the word, it demonstrates the faith. So last year in talking about faith, we use this really clear definition. When I see what God sees and I agree with him and take action. When I see, agree and act. So let's get some scripture. Are you ready? 1 Peter 2, verses 24 through 25. So here's our, here's our suspect, Peter. And here's what he says now that he's learned more from God. He is referring to Jesus. He's, he's calling back to Isaiah 53, the prophecy of Jesus. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Jesus is the guardian of the galaxies and the guardian of our souls. Right? God described himself this way, Exodus fifteen twenty six: I am the Lord who heals you. The psalmist wrote Psalm 103, verses... Uh, Sorry, verses 2 through 3. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Oh Lord my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health from Psalm 30. Paul wrote in Romans 8, 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Speaking to believers. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Now, I have, uh, this is an unusual day for me to be talking about this. And let me explain to you why. I had a friend growing up who was born the night before I was. Our moms are actually in the same hospital room. His name was David, and today would be his 41st birthday. David, when we were growing up, his parents really didn't believe in birthday parties, so my parents would throw a party for both of us, so we, we shared a lot of our birthday parties together. David was really allergic to chicken and fish, so allergic that if he ate any that was cooked on the same grill, uh, if he ate beef that was cooked on the same grill as chicken or fish, his throat would swell up and he couldn't breathe. David's grandfather had a healing ministry and had all these Bible studies that he'd done about healing. And one day, David was probably 21. And he got a hold of some of his grandfather's Bible studies and he started to comb through them. He started to read about healing. And he, he started to believe that God could heal him of his allergy. He went to church. He prayed. No celebrity laid hands on him, prayed for him. He prayed. And then he went out and he had fish for lunch. And he never had another reaction. Never. And that's not all of David's story. Later in our lives, David developed a very rare autoimmune condition where his body began to attack itself, began to attack the vascular system. 
And doctors, surgeons at arguably the best hospital in the United States at the Cleveland Clinic for this sort of thing did what was literally a million-dollar surgery. David knew going into that surgery he had a 50-50 chance of survival. He was completely at peace with it. He was uh, newly married and what did, he had started his own business and he uh, served uh, poor children in our city. He, he did a lot of good, he was, but he was also a very ordinary guy, to be honest with you. The surgeon spent, I forget how many hours in this million dollar surgery. It went perfectly well. They were very happy with the outcome, but they could never resuscitate him from anesthesia and he died. You know, I've been in pain in my knee every day since September 29th of my accident where I broke the bone and tore the meniscus and the ACL. I've laid my hands on people. I've seen a mass the size of a baseball disappear from a young man, a doctor. His doctor did scans the next day. Medical documented miracle. I've laid hands on a kid who'd shot himself in the foot or had a broken foot. I laid hands on him, prayed for him. He's jumping around, went in for x-rays the next day. Medically documented miracle. And God has not healed me. This is what Jesus asks us to do. Keep on asking. Keep on asking. I wish I could tell you that most of the people I've prayed for have been healed. That's not true. But what I can tell you is that none of the people I didn't pray for did. The decisions are up to God. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. What I do know is that the first book of the Bible to be written down was Job. And what we see in Job is this question of why do bad things happen to good people? And what we see is chapter after chapter of his friends hashing it out and talking about it and saying, well, there must be sin in your life. You must not have enough faith. You must not believe God. But that's not God's answer. That was false. Now, God didn't choose to resurrect Job's children that were killed from the dead. He didn't raise to life the sheep, the goats, the livestock. But he did give Job more blessing than he could handle. And what I do know is that when Job got to heaven, he had a sweet reunion. I don't know what happened with his wife. I don't know if she repented of her bad attitude. I don't know how it all went down. I don't have all the answers. I don't know why God heals some and not others. I don't know why he healed my grandmother to the point where she could walk and and do a hop in the kitchen, but she couldn't dance in church like she wanted to. I don't know. I'm not God. But what I do know is that when God came to Job, when he asked all the questions, this is what God said, literally. God, in literal language, God said to Job, okay, now I will speak to you. Put your big boy pants on. And God didn't say that he was offended or hurt when, 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 at the accusations against him. God didn't say that it was wrong 
for Job's friends or him to question. God didn't say any of that. God's not afraid of our anger. God's not afraid of our disappointment. God's not afraid of our discouragement. But he is still God. And what he did say to Job is, were you there when I created the earth? God's not afraid of our tears. He's not afraid of our discouragement. He's not afraid of our disappointment. But He can heal them. He can heal them. We can choose to respond to the words of Jesus and keep asking. See, I I can't let David's death keep me from remembering the healing he had and he could enjoy fish and chicken. Do you hear me? It's my response that's my part. And I want to tell you what kind of church you're a part of. We will never stop asking. We will never stop asking. Will we face disappointments? Yes. And I'm learning something through pain. And this is not today's message. It's possible to waste your pain. That's not God's purpose. We can learn from our pain. We can allow our pain to glorify God. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that God wants us to keep on asking. How do we do this? And we're going to pray for healing this morning. Well, first of all, You've got to follow Jesus with faith. And faith is the honesty. It was the disciples that said, even Peter himself, that said, Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. We've got to be honest about our struggles to believe. Are you with me? Lord, follow Jesus with faith. Jimmy, will you come? I have the band come play and play a couple songs while we uh, will pray for healing. Okay? So... Follow Jesus with faith. That's up to me. Second, we need to be available. Right? We need to be available. What Peter, where were Peter and John? Did they stay in the house? Did they stay in the temple? They were available to be face-to-face with someone who had a need. We've got to be available. That's one reason why we don't plan a ton of church events. We want you to be available to people that need Jesus. Be available. See people. Do you know that you can walk past people and not see them? How can we see miracles of healing? You've got to see people. Fourth, listen. Peter and John did not ignore his request for money. Are you with me? You've got to listen. Even if that's not the real request, you've got to listen. That's four. Five, pray. And pray the prayer of faith. On behalf of Jesus, I see what God sees, that this disease, this sickness is not a part of God's original design. I can agree with it should not be. Okay? And then I take action to ask God for a miracle. Believing that it's not the amount of my faith where the power is. It is the source of my faith. The living God. That's where the power is. It's not that the pastor is the one who prays. Or the elders are the one who prays. Or the super Christian or the person on TV. That's not the source. 
The source is our God, the living God. That's the source of the power from which we will see miracles. And we've got to remember that redemption, salvation of sins is a part of the purpose. It's a part of the purpose. Don't pray the healing prayer over someone and not offer to also pray for the healing of their soul for their eternity in heaven. This guitar that's sitting here in front of me was given to me by a young man who is, by the state of Virginia's psychologist and doctors, the most severe documented case of ADD, ADHD, and other conditions that they'd ever seen. His name is Brian. Brian gave me that guitar. Brian came to a point in his life where without pills, he couldn't even tie his shoes. Brian came to a time in his life where he believed that God could heal him. He went to church that day. He walked to the front during the worship service and he worshiped God with all his heart and he walked back healed no longer needing medication. I've seen it. This is the God we serve. Will you stand with me? And we'll close in a time of prayer. This morning, God loves you just as you are. But He doesn't want to leave you that way. He wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in faith. It's a muscle, folks. you got to use it or you lose it. God wants us to grow in faith. We're surrounded in this room. We are surrounded in this city, in this neighborhood, in your neighborhood, with people that need a miracle. It's time for us to be available. It's time for us to keep on asking. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? If you're here and you need a a miracle of healing. I want to pray. But first, I want to pray if you're here and the healing miracle you need is in your faith to believe for healing miracles. If you're here today and your faith is bruised, you're saying, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you right now. Just be honest. I want to pray for your faith that it would be healed, that it would be strengthened. God, today, like the disciples, we acknowledge our need. We say, Lord, we believe, but help us in our unbelief. Lord, we've faced disappointments. We've prayed and not seen miracles. God, we've faced disease and pain in our own bodies. And we ask right now that you would heal our faith. Please, Lord, strengthen our faith. Help us, Lord God, to come to a place of peace. Lord, even in the face of disappointment with you and discouragement and anger, help us to not live in denial, but to confess these things and to ask for your healing. Lord, I ask that right here, right now, you would heal our spirits, heal our hearts that we would no longer focus on pain and disappointment, but we would focus on seeing what can you see? What can our God do that we would put our faith in you and not in ourselves to accomplish the miracle? Heal us and strengthen us in our faith today, I ask in the name of Jesus. We receive it today. 
Now, if you're here today and you need a miracle of healing in your mind, in your emotions, or in your body, I want you to step out to the aisle. Take a step of faith. You need a healing miracle in your mind, in your emotions, or in your body. Just step out to the aisle right now. I know we've got people here today that need miracles. Just step out to the aisle, wherever you are. I want my small group leaders to move to stand with folks. Well, my people, my dream team, I want you to move, step out, and lay hands on somebody right now. You're here. You're a believer. You've got faith to believe for healing. I want you to step out and move. Let's have every person that's standing in the aisle have somebody to stand next to them. Right now, let's just move around the room. Stand next to somebody who needs prayer. Right now, come on. Let's have somebody standing next to each person. Each person. We're going to agree in faith together. We're going to agree in faith together. Joel, can you come for me? Joel, can you, can you come? Okay, now I want you to agree with me in faith today for miracles. God can choose to heal. And take a quick moment. You can ask the person what, if they want to share, they can share with you what the miracle is we're looking for. Let's take, take a quick moment. Find out what the miracle is that's needed, and then we're going to pray. Okay. Okay, let's agree in prayer right now. We're going to respond to the words of Jesus and we're going to keep on asking. We're going to grow in faith right now, okay? All right, you can pray out loud with me. You can agree with me, but let's lay hands on them. Let's ask for miracles right now. God, I thank you that we can today come to you on behalf of Jesus as representatives of Jesus and ask that in the name of Jesus, you would do miracles right here, right now in this room. Where there is death or a sign of disease, let there be life. Let there be life in the name of Jesus. We say, disease, you must go. A spirit of infirmity, you are bound and you must go. We say right now, pain, you must go. We say healing be released. Strength be released. Lord, let every muscle, let every tendon be healed. Let every emotion, let every mental condition be healed in the name of Jesus. Every spiritual need be healed in the name of Jesus. Where there has been weakness, we say, let there be strength in the name of Jesus. Where there is disease and a negative diagnosis, we say, let there be healing in the name of Jesus. God, you are the one who created the body. You are the one who knows the body better than anyone else. We say, Lord, release your healing agents in everybody here today, Lord, right now. And even with those that couldn't be here today that are a part of us that are sick, we pray let there be healing in the name of Jesus. Come, we ask, Lord God, and show yourself strong. Lord, let there be miracles. We agree with you. We say, God, even where we struggle to believe, we make a decision. We will believe in you. We will keep on asking. Let there be miracles, I ask, in the name of Jesus.
Now, if you're standing next to somebody that you know, it's okay to ask them how they feel, if they feel a change, and it's okay to continue to pray. One thing about praying for people and praying for healing is keep on asking. There are some prayers that you want to repeat and you want to continue to pray. And I would just ask that as we are dismissed today and as we go our different ways, that you would ask God to give you faith, to be available, and to offer to pray for people for healing this week. Can you do that? Let's be available to pray for healing this week. Amen. I'm going to, you can continue to pray. But I'm going to officially dismiss the service today. Please enjoy something to eat or drink. Remember, unplugged on Saturday at Sunday lunch next Sunday. Grace and peace to you as you go. Please, if you're done praying, give somebody a hug. Love on them. Encourage them. And let's go in the favor of God today. Amen. for you, for your healing. Oh, thank you.